Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk about something that we hear all the time in our society and that we're often pressured into believing and sharing even with our students. And that is this idea of a focus on self-love, self-esteem, and thinking positively. Now, here's the thing. I completely agree. We would all say that it's good to think positively, right? Thinking positively is a helpful thing. And having a correct view of self is also very important. But the messages around us go way beyond that. If you think about them, a lot of times what we're really being told and what we are kind of, without even realizing it in some cases, being pressured into believing is that having a positive mindset and believing in yourself is kind of the key to everything. That if we would only do this, if we would think positively and believe in ourselves, we could do anything. We will have a wonderful life where all of our dreams come true. And this is true for our students too, so we certainly need to teach them this as well. Here's an example of this message that I ran across recently in the book Look Beyond the Crowd, Look Beyond the Clouds by Michelle Gano. Um, here's a, a quote from her book from pages 33 and 34. She says, That magic is a person's self-esteem, self-belief, and confidence. This magic makes you brave and have courage to persevere despite challenges. This magic, self-esteem, is everything. If everyone were comfortable in their own skin, imagine how different the world would be. People would be more kind, loving, accepting, and understanding. We can make baby steps towards that dream by teaching our students and ourselves the power of believing in oneself. It sounds pretty nice, right? And I know that Michelle is is just trying to help people think more positively and believe in themselves and experience, you know, the benefits of that. But here is the key question. All of this sounds great, but the question is, is it true? Is it consistent with the truth of the gospel? And I want to propose to you that the gospel is radically different than this type of message. It offers something completely different. And here's the thing, so much better than simply thinking positively and loving ourselves. Because here's the thing, loving ourselves, self-esteem, thinking positively, when it comes down to this, it's really almost like having hope for hope's sake. Eventually, it all comes crashing down because when we're hoping in ourselves, that is not a very sure foundation. We can prop ourselves up, but in the end, we we aren't that reliable. So it's kind of like, here's an illustration um, from Vicki Davis, actually, at The Cool Cat Teacher. Um, she was sharing this illustration with me. I found it so helpful. It's kind of like holding onto a rope climbing a mountain. So imagine yourself mountain climbing and you're holding onto this rope, right? The rope is very important. So that rope represents hope, okay? But the rope is only as good as what it's tied to. If we are simply hoping in hope, 
which is sometimes the message that we're getting. Just, just have hope. Okay, if I just have hope in hope, it's like I'm holding onto a rope that's tied to nothing. And I might feel secure holding onto that rope, but it's not going to hold me. So hope for hope's sake, that's going to lead to disaster. Okay, well, you might say, well, I'm not just hoping in hope's sake. We're hoping in ourselves. Okay, so now uh, our, our, our rope is maybe tied to a little tree branch, a little twig. Because to be honest, I, I don't know, we are not that reliable. I think if we're hoping in ourselves, it's like tying that rope to a, a, little, a little twig. And it, it might help for a little bit, but it's destined to disappoint us. But when our hope is found in Christ, wow, that is a firm foundation. That, that hope is reliable. So let's take just a minute. I want to kind of walk through what the Bible, what the gospel has to say about our self-image and discover how much different and how much better this message is than the message we so often hear. And honestly, sometimes this message even comes from Christian circles. It does. There's popular books. There's popular speakers. And we have to always be thinking about what we are reading, what we are hearing, and asking ourselves, is this really in line with the gospel? So let's think about what the gospel has to say about loving ourselves, our self-image, and who we are. So let's go back, first of all. When we want to think through the gospel, it's helpful to think through the various aspects of God's big story. So the creation, the fall, redemption at the cross, and then God's future glory uh, in heaven. So let's walk through these. Number one, creation. So we were created in God's image. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Later in Genesis 9.6, God affirms the value of every human life when he says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God has made man in his own image. So from here, we get we are created and we are created in God's image. As such, every human being, it does not matter anything. Every human being has worth and value. We are not accidents. We were created. We are created in the image of God. We are valued, loved. We bear his image. So right there, that is not hope in hope's sake. That is part of our self-image that we were created, we were loved by God, and we were created in his image. As such, we have inherent worth and value, not because we're so great, but because he made us. So we start there. Number two, we bear the consequences of the fall. So when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, sin entered into the world. And God's perfect creation became very imperfect. And now we are mired in sin. Now each one of us is born a sinner. And we will fight that sin nature our entire lives. This means that although we were created in God's image, we are not good at our core, not since the fall. Our hearts that were created innocent and good uh, have are now wicked. 
and we cannot be good on our own. This flies in the face of the self-love movement, which tells us to love ourselves for who we are. It says that we are wonderful and we can do anything. It says that, you know, if we would just work hard enough collectively, we can create uh, this beautiful world. It has this idea that that humans, that deep down we are good and that, oh, it's just bad influences that corrupt us. If we can just get back to our inner goodness, then everything would be great. But the gospel message is completely opposite. And honestly, deep, deep down, we know that this message that we are inherently good is not true. We know we are sinners. We know we fail and we mess up despite our best efforts. So we have to face this awful truth that we are sinners, that we have, we bear that sin nature because of of the fall. And this is an important, important truth to recognize because if we don't recognize our need, then we can't love and accept God's answer in the Savior. So let's just quickly, I want to share with you a few verses that bear out um, this consequence of the fall. So Romans 5.12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. Uh, Romans 5.19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Romans 3, 10, and 11. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. And then Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so far, we understand that we were created in God's image. As such, we have valued, we are loved, we are not accidents. But... We are also not inherently good. Because of the fall, we now inherently have wicked hearts that are prone to wrong, not to goodness. So number three, we absolutely need God to intervene. And God has made a way to redeem and sanctify us. So the fall left us in desperate need of help. Whether we wanted to recognize it or not, we were all slaves to sin and we could not free ourselves. But God sent Jesus to not only die in our place, but to live the perfect life we never could. When we accept him, we are not only freed from the punishment of sin, we also get his righteousness in return, the moment we trust him, God declares us righteous, good, beloved, holy, and his child. He also gives us the Holy Spirit who works in us to help us live out this transformative work that he has done in us, gradually making us more and more like him. Listen to some of these scriptures. Colossians three twelve. Paul, in this verse, Paul is about to tell us some things to do, but listen how he starts. He says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. That's how he describes believers. God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Uh, Romans 5, 19. I read this before. I'm going to read it again. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. 
So also by one man, Jesus's obedience, many will be made righteous, called us righteous. Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in him, Jesus, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete made perfect in him who is the head of all principality and power. And 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is who we are. And it's not because in our own selves we're mustering up this goodness. It is because Christ, the perfect human who lived a perfect life, who was perfectly human yet divinely God, gives us all of his goodness. He says, here is my righteousness. It is now yours. I call you righteous. I call you redeemed. I call you my child. I call you holy and chosen and loved. That is who we are. Not because we are good, because we are not, but because he has given that to us as undeserving as we are. That is what he calls us. And when he calls us it, when God speaks, it is. So when he calls us that, then that is who we are. And then finally, looking into the future, one day we will be perfect and live in a perfect world. You know, the the world is looking for that utopia. They want it so badly. And they think that by trying, we The human race can achieve peace and utopia and we can live together in harmony. We can't. We have, because of sin, we will never achieve that. But God will achieve that one day in the new heaven, in the new earth, in the kingdom. There will be that just rule. And one day in heaven, there will be perfection without any sin. This is coming, but it won't be us that does it. It will be God that does this. Can you see how this message is so different uh, from the messages that come us, that just tell us to love ourselves, that tell us the importance of our self-esteem, and just think positively? This message is so much different, but it is so much better than what the world and honestly, even some Christians are telling us. So true freedom, here's the thing, true freedom and joy is not found in thinking positively about how good we are. Instead, it starts with realizing that we actually are not that good on our own, that we are deeply flawed and inherently sinful because of the fall. This realization then leads us to look for the true answer, a Savior, Jesus Christ. When we trust in him, he trades our sin and our brokenness for his righteousness and perfection. He gives us his wisdom, his strength, and his courage. He gives us a beautiful identity as a son or daughter of God, chosen and deeply loved. 
In him, we have nothing to fear because he is our loving father. In even the most challenging of situations, he is in control and he uses it for good. Now, this hope, it is not a rope hanging on to a nothing and it is not a rope hanging on to a twig. It is firm and sure and a solid rock that will hold our rope through all of the storms of life. So what do we do with this? Well, if you've never understood the gospel in this way, I encourage you to explore it further and to put your trust and your belief in what Jesus has done for you. I'm going to send you a link that you can find out more about the gospel and God's story and next steps. Um, you can get this link in the notes for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash one. 133, so teachfortheheart.com slash 133, that's the episode number. Or you can head directly to truthforlife.org slash the story. That's truthforlife.org slash the story. Now, if you are a believer, we need to cling to the truths of the gospel. Now, we need to cling to it for ourselves and understand this. So, so take some time thinking through, you know, this in your own life, right? Uh, thinking through, you know, the value as being created in the image of God, but about how the fall marred that, but how Christ redeemed it and the future he has planned for us. Think that through, rest in that. And here's the key, remind yourself of that every time you're struggling. That is the, the, the truth of the gospel. We have to preach them to ourselves and teach them to each other over and over and over and over again until they sink deep down into our soul. And then as teachers, we this should affect how we interact with our students. So if you teach in a Christian school, you should be teaching these things explicitly to your students, especially depending on an age-appropriate way. Help them understand how much better this gospel message is than simply thinking positively or believing in yourself. Now, if you teach in a public school, obviously, unfortunately, you cannot just share this good news of the gospel directly with your students. But you absolutely can and you absolutely must keep these truths top of mind. When you do, it will prompt you to pray for your students and to see their true need clearly. And that spiritual warfare, that battle you fight in prayer is impactful, whether you can directly see the impact or not. Keeping these truths in mind will also change what you say and how you interact with your students. So it's so important to always keep these truths in mind. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your great goodness to us. Thank you that you created us. Thank you that you had a plan before time began to redeem us from the fall. Thank you that you call us righteous and holy and loved and that you make us what we never could make ourselves. I pray that this glorious message of the gospel will sink down deep into each heart each teacher that's listening, uh, if there are those out there who have never believed, who have never accepted this gift 
that you offer us. I pray that they will go seek out this seek out that they will pray and ask you for help and that you will reveal yourself clearly to them and that they will choose to believe that they will choose to trust in you and i pray for each teacher that does believe that you will help each of us to see the gospel message clearly uh, to not be confused by all the messages of the world that often sound so good and are in some cases very close to the truth but also just have such critical errors that can so easily derail us. And I pray that you will just open our eyes to the, to your truths, to the truth of the gospel, that you will make us confident in who you say that we are and that we will find our rest and our peace and our confidence, not in ourselves, but in you. I thank you so much for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you have any questions, feel free to email us, linda at teachfortheheart.com. We would love to uh, talk with you further. And uh, I'd also love for you to share our podcast with a friend or fellow teacher um, and that we can be a blessing to them in this way. Once again, all of the notes are at teachfortheheart.com slash 133, teachfortheheart.com slash 133. Thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.